here on Reforge Gaming, discussing the latest Xbox news, the Phil Spencer interview, Redfall's failures just not looking good for Xbox. Can they win? They just can't seem to win. Sitting down with my man 30 and still gaming, there is a link to his channel below. You can just click his name, 30NSG. If you like his takes or don't like his takes, he welcomes you to his channel just the way I do. Come disagree, come discuss. We're going to be hitting this back and forth. I am going to end the previous stream. I did a stream where I reacted to the Phil Spencer interview. I promised in the front of that that we would watch it and react to it. I never got around to it. I, I don't know when we'll do that, if ever now. <laughs> this didn't work. So I'm going to end that stream and bring everybody over. So make sure, guys, as you come over, it helps this video out immensely if you hit that like button, if you guys get us that strong like count. So there's a lot to talk about here, Mike. And I mean, good night there was the Redfall release, first and foremost, that we need to talk about. And then there's this Phil Spencer interview. Let's kind of take this in two parts in the episode. So we, we got to start with Redfall, though. Because last week, you and I sat do down and talked do, about do the we future. Know? <laughs> right. We do. No, we do. Because last week, you and I talked about the future of Xbox. Like, how do how do we get uh, to, the, to, a, to a better place? How do we get out of where we are right now? And we were looking at the CMA, we were looking at ABK, we were looking at future titles, and I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in in, in Redfall, because it just it just didn't seem like it was going to deliver. And from where I sit, it fell below, well yeah. below even where I thought it was going to land. I don't want to I don't want to even put any any words in your mouth or in your head before you have a chance to weigh in on it, because I obviously have my own thoughts and I've shared them. What were your thoughts on Redfall? Because I know you were playing it and having a you were I don't think you were having a bad time, but where where did you land your conclusion on that game? Yeah, so I I went in because uh, obviously with the internet and stuff, I don't I didn't look at any reviews, I didn't look at anything about Redfall. All I saw was what Twitter was saying, and Twitter was like, "Oh, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad." But I didn't know why it was bad, right? So I wanted to go in with a fresh set of eyes. So I went in solo. Uh, was it Tuesday morning? Uh, played solo, played by myself, just checking out the the world. There's three things that were good in this game three and good doesn't mean like fantastic good just means good right right so i know a lot of people are going to have different opinions on this i thought the art style was fine i thought the graphics and stuff was okay i thought the map layout and what the that you could go into the buildings and stuff like that cool and i thought the gunplay was okay right those are the good things of the game everything else in this game what pissed me off the most was the AI is the dumbest AI I've ever seen in video game history. Mm-hmm. Like, like we, we made fun of it last night where we said that the Mario AI in the original Mario game was smarter than this, this AI. And all they did was hit a tube and go back and forth between the two spots, right? right. Like, that's all they did. There were so many bad things and bad qualities about Redfall. It's, it's not... I can't review a game because it's not a game. It's not a complete game. It's it's literally. Uh, I think big ba- big mad Mo said in my stream. He said it'd be better if it was just a game preview, like Grounded was. And even then, it would still be a broken game. But I think a lot of people would be okay with it because it's on a preview program and it's not released in full fledged you know mode. So if there was bugs, if there was glitches, then we would be okay with that. Especially in this day and age where we have alphas and betas and early accesses and all this stuff. But but the game is so bad, mm. like design-wise, built from the base ground up. It's just a bad game, and Microsoft knew this, and they released it, and that's what really worries me. 
Yeah, the thing that I told people was it wasn't even like it was a game that lacked polish or oh it needs a couple quality passes because Jedi Survivor is a great game you can tell you can tell from the combat the story and the dialogue you're like this is a great game but boy oh boy Jedi Survivor needed about another two months of quality it's just it's real shaky but you know there's a good game underneath like as a gamer that's uniquely annoying to be playing a good game and you're like ah this thing just needs some polish why'd they push this out this early they could have waited a little bit longer but when you're playing Redfall it's I described it as a cobbled together tech test. It doesn't even mm. feel like it's out of its alpha or technical state. You're just sort of like I feel like I'm testing the game. Like I'm supposed to be taking notes like, "Oh yeah, AI reacts right. this way. Oh, there's just vacant spots on the map where nothing is happening." I I went from point A to point B once and I didn't see a single enemy. I honestly thought it was on purpose. I said, "Oh, something's going to happen. Something is going to take place. Yeah. It's it's quiet on purpose." No, that's just the game. Yeah, I went three and a half minutes across the map, never saw one one enemy. And then, <laughs> all right, the, the AI is so dumb. I, t- I have my flashlight on, okay? The flashlight's on. I'm sneaking up behind them. The light is facing them. It's like on them. Mm-hmm. They don't react to the actual light. And then the the, anim- the the animation when you hit them is just hilarious. It's If you told me that two guys made this in their spare time, I would be like, this is amazing. This is a great game. But this is this is 65 people with an award-winning like studio, and they made this. and And then I, I saw a guy on Twitter. One of the, I guess he was one of the devs. He's like, I'm so proud of this. He saw like he took a picture of the 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 casing. He's like the physical copy. He's like, I'm so proud of this. Everyone at the studio is super proud of this. I was like, bro, read the room. Mm. I was like, you should not be posting. I I get it. Like I've worked on really really bad films. I don't ever tell people what films those are, right? But I just don't don't put my name on the list, like on the credits. Like I have a, a a separate name to put on the bad films that I worked on because I don't I don't want to be associated with it. Well, and so I was theorizing that some of those developers did that on purpose. I, they wanted us to know that the dev cycle for this game was five years because anybody with a brain in their head that's played games or paid attention to dev cycles would say. That, can't, that just doesn't seem possible. This doesn't seem like a game that was being built for five years. Because Anthem, when we found out the post-mortem on Anthem, was that they built the game in 18 months, Anthem was more impressive than this, which is insane to say, because Anthem right. had bugs and crashes and problems. Once it got patched, the base game in Anthem was fine. The campaign was, you know, lukewarm, but it was a game. It was an actual video game. This doesn't even feel like a complete product at all, at every level. And it's like, right. this has not been in the works for five years. I feel like the devs said that because they want us to know yeah, this isn't a five-year product because I I fault Microsoft whole wholeheartedly think that this is on them in 2020. What do you make of that? Why these guys are out here saying five years and and the director saying yeah? And, and in 2020, they came in and basically told us to to change direction. No PS5. Well, they there was an article that I read that said that there obviously there was a PlayStation Five version, and then there was also microtransactions. This was supposed to be, I think, Bethesda's other like Fallout seventy six type game. It was supposed to be an online service game. It was going to have microtransactions. You can tell by looking at the at the game, right? So I think this suffered the same type of fate as Anthem, as Marvel's Avengers, as Gotham Knights, where they were in production and they kind of swayed it and changed it in production so it wasn't built from the ground up the way it was and mm-hmm. they ch- and they shifted it through through production and i now obviously with phil spencer's thing and 
obviously Microsoft has to take responsibility. They they were there for two years after they were working on it for three years and they they did a change. But I think from from top or I should say from bottom to top, it, it it's a failure on every level, right? Because if if the devs were doing the, what they were doing and then all of a sudden they had to turn around, the upper management in Arcane Studios failed because they didn't do it correctly. And then Microsoft or Bethesda failed and Zenimax failed because if you look at the hands-off experience that Microsoft or Phil Spencer always says, he doesn't get involved. If it's an Xbox studio, they're involved, right? And if it's not like Bethesda wasn't an Xbox studio, they're just underneath the Microsoft umbrella. They don't get involved. They let them do their thing. But Microsoft should step in at some point. And he, he says that. He says, we did a bad job. We didn't give them the support they needed. But how did it get to that point? This is a failure from Arcane. This is a, a, a failure from Zenimax. This is a failure from Bethesda. This is a failure from Microsoft itself. This game should have not released at all. They could have delayed it. Remember, this game was supposed to come out last year. Last year at this time, what would that look like? What would that look like if they gave us what they gave us now, right? A year later, it's it's just one misstep after another. And it, it wouldn't be bad if this was like their first strike against them, but they, they screwed up on Halo Infinite, right? They screwed up. They've screwed up so many times. And this is just the latest, greatest failure that they're coming out. And you saw it in, the, in his face yesterday, the interview with Phil. Yeah. Yeah, I want to touch on that. Thanks so much, everybody gifting members. And also, guys, don't forget to smash the like button. It does help this video out. There's so many people here. I appreciate the big turnout for this show that we've been doing on Fridays for a while now. If you're enjoying it, try to show that appreciation. The thing that he said in the interview about this that struck me, and I argued very strongly this morning that this backs up my theory. He said, we need to improve on engaging in games that are midway through production when they become part of Xbox. And he's talking about Redfall. He names that director by name. He said, we yeah. should have been there for Harvey and the team earlier. Now, he said, oh, we, we, we did better job with Starfield. They were more early in production. They sent a bunch of people to Bethesda to help, which I've continued to say, I think that's why it got delayed. I think they were having trouble getting this thing to run on Series S. There's rumors about... They were in talks for Starfield to be a one-year exclusive on, on PlayStation, same as Deathloop and Ghostwire. I've argued that was the pattern. The pattern was Bethesda was enjoying these contracts with Sony, and they were going to keep doing them. They were going to do it with Redfall. They were going to do it with Starfield. And then Microsoft steps in, lampoons that whole thing, which I have argued they were building Redfall for the PlayStation. And when they came in, he says, capital C change, no PS5, this is Xbox now. I don't think they were doing parallel development. I don't think they like scrapped, you know, a, 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 another build. Because he said that it should, he even said in that interview that Redfall would benefit from that. Building for one system, it simplifies things. How on earth is this a game that halfway through its development was able to focus its efforts on one platform. That That's an even greater indictment about what the man said. What's your take on that? Well, technically, it, it I mean, it wasn't really two years as of yet. Because when did the sale go through? It went through in 2021 in like... They like announced early, they early announced that late September. It was like September 2020 is when they announced it. It was like March it. or May when it went through, though, right? It was like six months after they announced it, something like that. I, I mean, that that's even worse then. That's even worse yeah. if, it, if that happened. So I, I so you're on the you're on the saying that it was just for PlayStation. It wasn't for all systems. You're saying it was just Redfall for PlayStation. Is that what you're saying? 
My belief is that both Deathloop and Ghostwire were built for PlayStation. They took a year to port them to Xbox because Ghostwire Mm. doesn't even run as well on Xbox. It sort of feels like a port more than parallel development. I believe they were doing the same thing with Redfall. I'm going to take it from a different perspective, right? What if Phil looked at Redfall, right? Because I respect Phil. I don't care what anyone else thinks. I I respect Jim Ryan. I respect Phil for the positions they're in and what they have to do and what they have to deal with, right? They get paid the big bucks and they have to do what they have to do and people are going to hate them on one side or the other. And that's fine. What if Phil looked at what Redfall was being built as and was like, no, I don't want that. We don't want microtransactions. We don't want that type of stuff. And he pulled it from PlayStation because he knew it was going to be like a bad type of game, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, we'll just take the hit and put it on our Game Pass game, right? The, the, the shady part is the $70 that they put out. But in the, in the thinking of what about they canceled it for PlayStation? Because if it was on PlayStation, they would get even more roasted, would they not? Right. Like, I, I think Microsoft did a favor right now to the Sony fans because they saved them $70 <laughs> and, 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 and a bad game. So what if, what if Phil's playing like 4D chess and was like, you know what? They don't want because there's a rumor saying that Arcane they wanted to use Arcane's developers and they wanted to get them off that project as fast as possible so they could put them on something else, right? So what if Phil was like, yeah, this is this is a no go. Just throw bare minimum at this and we'll just throw it out there. I think the big mistake though was that they they put it out there for seventy dollars. I I agree that the seventy dollars was a huge misstep big misstep if you're going to raise the price of 70 this was the worst year to do it because you know we're not to the interview yet but we're grabbing pieces there's big stuff from the interview i want to talk about but bits and pieces i think are helpful here you know he's talking about how like we're finally to a point where like a game's going to come out every quarter well no disrespect to phil but why don't you do that first and then decide to start charging 70 because he's out here saying what i say doesn't matter until the game is in your hands well okay do, do proof of concept in 2023. Prove that you guys can do this thing because you haven't. I mean, he even said that he it, like 2022 wasn't light. He said, I have other words for it. Like he wouldn't let right, right. Pa- Paris was trying to be kind of positive and Phil wouldn't let him. And I really yeah. appreciated that. He's like, no, 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 no. You're not going to do this positive thing here. I'm not I'm not doing that. Like, I thought that was very respectable. And he's like. You know, I've got other words for it. So it's like, okay, prove the concept. Whoever pulled the trigger on $70 this year, that's horrible on optics. It, it seems like they're so out of touch. Because unless, of course, Red Falls a blip, and then we get, boom, Starfield, it's amazing. Right. And then, boom, some other game comes out. Now, somebody's bringing something to the chat, and somebody sent this to me, okay? And I think this is something to consider. This is another thing that people have flo- floated out there almost like self-sabotage, okay? Mm-hmm. According to this person, and I've heard this thrown out before, Arcane and other Bethesda studios used to get bonuses based on sales and critical reception. When Microsoft bought them, they got rid of the bonus scheme because all the games are now going to Game Pass. The studios right. did not like this. This is why members of Tango left and allegedly why Arcane is unhappy. They no longer get bonuses and most of their jobs now only have 18-month contracts that Microsoft implemented company-wide for all things Xbox. So talent retention has taken a plummet. Redfall suffered as a result and is partly a deliberate middle finger to Microsoft. Any traction there? Do you think that's even remotely possible? Oh yeah, that's 100% plausible. Uh, 
real quick chat i don't believe what i said i, I brings i brought it up is the one lona was asking the question i was like well what about it this i the, the whole point of this is a conversation between me and lono but you guys are involved with it so when i ask a question i, I don't mean like full heartedly go oh yeah they totally shanked it on purpose or whatever i'm not saying that i'm bringing that up to have a conversation with you guys so if you guys disagree with me fantastic right you can't subscribe to it that's cool uh yeah it's it's 100 plausible that the bonus and stuff is is taken out uh from that and and why wouldn't it be right because we do know uh, not officially but we know if, if if certain game companies get 80s or 85s they get bonuses and whatnot on top of that and this is why it, there's a lot of politics involved with like reviews of the of the traditional media outlets right when they give them a review code and they they give it that eight or 8.5 and metacritic gives it a certain score there there's right. something going on behind the scenes we don't know you know proof exactly but you see it i mean why did all the reviews come out and no uh oh it's me uh, uh, no uh, what, what's his name alex oh it's oh it's oh, alex oh no it's alex oh no it's alex he had a video the other day and he said it perfectly right like he he was going and saying that the reviewers failed you because they didn't bring up the technical issues and he broke down uh, our favorite person's uh, article uh, in that in, in that video, okay? <laughs> and he was talking about, you know, one thing to the other. Yeah, but the 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 media is failing the game, the game, us, the consumers, because that's why they come to you. That's why they come to me. That's why they come to other people on the internet to tell them the truth right. without being bought by certain companies. Now, that's the major problem with that. So 100%, I think that's a 100% plausible thing that they took the bonuses mm. away and they did all that stuff 100%. Well, and this is why I got heat and traction on Twitter and I got a lot of hate and a lot of attacks because I basically accused the games press, the gaming press of journalistic malpractice. I said, you guys are covering the Activision Blizzard deal with such a ridiculous slant and I really hope people are starting to see that that is true. These are extensions of Microsoft. Some of these outlets are not, I don't think they're trustworthy. I don't. I don't think you can trust them. I think they choose a side. They're, they're, They're likely, there were times where they were doing talking point astroturfing, which is when everybody's saying the same thing or focusing on the same thing and they all do it in close connection to each other, almost as if they have marching orders. And then you're going to come out and write an article like trying to shield Microsoft from any blame. And then Phil Spencer walks out and says, no, it's on us. Like, we need to do a better job engaging with studios when they're mid-development. I've been screaming this ever since Redfall landed. I've been screaming that. Like, this is on Microsoft. When that when that director said what he said, he was trying to let us know. He wasn't... I don't think he said that offhanded, just like as a casual right. remark. He was saying like, eh, <laughs> this is going to be bad. Because... They came in in the middle, and Phil right. Spencer's confirming that very reality. So this idea that you can shield Xbox or Microsoft from all of this, all these people that were, you know, PR spinning and, and going hard for Redfall and Microsoft, they all just look foolish right now. Because now the whole thing is, well, let's flip-flop. Let's take it to Xbox, right? Let's accuse them of failing. Like, so all it took was one bad game for you to, to admit all of this? Like, Redfall's bad, and now you're on the other right. side of the fence? Like, how, how do you think some of these, these Xbox sort of, they plant their flag in the Xbox brand? How do you think some of these content creators are going to go moving forward? Because today we're discussing Xbox can't seem to win. If I was firmly planted in the Xbox brand, I'd be nervous right now. Because Phil, Phil's interview, and Redfall especially, 
I mean, I, I don't know. That confidence seems very shaken out there on the Twitterverse and 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 the YouTube uh, channels. I, I think if you're a if you're an Xbox, I play Xbox mostly, but I'm not an Xbox. Like I don't I don't cheer for one side or the other. I'm a gamer, right? So I talk about it as is, straightforward. But if you're an Xbox uh, channel, I mean, you got to do what Phil said basically, and you got to take it on the chin, and you got to be honest and upfront. You got to take the good with the bad and you got to admit it, right? You got to be like, man, this is rough. We're, 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 we're in a bad state, but I still love this. And then tell people why you love it, but don't be nonchalant and be like, yeah, there's nothing wrong. There's, there's nothing wrong here. Everything's fine. Like we see the ship sinking, right? Like, yeah, not just, you know, metaphorically, right? Xbox is not going anywhere. Microsoft's not going anywhere. What I'm saying is for the, for the content creators of, of uh, Xbox, right? The, the, the sink or the ship is sinking and they're looking at it going, yeah, no, everything's fine. We, we had all these other games out here that were 80 level and 88s and 85s. This is just a, a blip on the radar. No, man, there's been massive problems. And Phil Spencer literally said it in the interview. This has been brewing. This is not just because of Redfall, right? This is not just because of Redfall. There's a fundamental problem somewhere in Microsoft and they're they're butting heads, man. You can see it on Phil Spencer's face during the interview that he's just mm. like kind of fed up. He's like, "This is what I want to do, but there's something happening. Like we don't know, but there's something happening behind the scenes that they're they're fighting him on it." Well, and the thing with Redfall that I would be asking, I asked this question on Twitter. I can get an answer from anybody, right? You know, nobody wants to engage with me. They've all written me off because I, you know, I. I came out and basically was like, you guys are misleading the public about Activision Blizzard. And lo and behold, they misled the public about Redfall. And I said, listen, what? tell us, did you play a version of Redfall at the, at the, at the preview event that was wholly different than what shipped? Why did you guys all come back so excited? I, I right. can't imagine touching any semblance of what Redfall is right now and coming back and saying anything positive. I'd be like, it's, it's in rough shape. Like there, there's pieces there that could be good, but my goodness, did they, did they have a specific slice that was so, so good? I want to thank a super chat. I know you're looking at chat too. Lazaro with $5 says, so is seven out of 10, something to look forward to now. Why aren't we trying to make 10 out of 10? I won't switch, but I would buy an Xbox if they had a game I needed. Yeah. Some, we'll get to that in a minute. Some of Phil's comments were interesting about that. Go ahead, Mike. Real quick, Portal Forever says, so the, the ship is sinking, but it's also not. Yeah, so this is what we mean. You're looking at Microsoft is sinking. No, I'm saying it's sinking for the content creators making Xbox content, right? Because as a content yeah. creator, you got you got to be on the, 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 the precipice of what's happening. What's the next game coming out? What's the next big thing? That's how you drive people to your channel. I'm not saying Microsoft, the ship is sinking. I'm saying the ship is sinking for xbox content creators if they don't admit to themselves that they have to take one on the chin and be like yeah you know what we're, we're having a bad time here like just be just be upfront about it right don't don't shill for a company that cares nothing about you right that's what i'm saying about the sinking ship to answer that question um as far as the seven out of ten phil spencer said he said we don't need to make you know 10 out of 10 games right he said it in a different way but he says we're we're looking for those 80s those 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 type of games that hit their standards and their standards are like the mid 80s if you go i have a a window open i think i i have it where the hell is it yeah so like psychonauts 87 right grounded Mm -hmm. 82 Mm -hmm. uh hive buster 82 forza horizon 92 high five rush 89 right so this is their ballpark area where they want to hit they want to hit games and it's satisfied in the 80s 80s and anything above that that's fantastic for them so when you look at a game and it's like well it's not producing for you 
we're we're just a small niche community here, right? Even there's like a thousand people watching us. You are the minority of the larger picture of the gaming space. It's a billion, multi-billion dollar industry, and most people don't care if there's bugs and glitches and, and, and problems and it comes out broke on day one. Majority of the population is like, oh, what's this? New game? And they they play it off Game Pass. That's what they're that's what they're looking for. That's what they want you to do. Yeah, we're actually going to do that tonight. My my wife was like, well, what would a normal person think of Redfall? And I was like, well, let's let the members find out on Friday night. We're just going to have her play it. I want to see what she thinks because she's not going to see the stuff that I see. She's not going to care about 30 frames per second and none of that. So I'm. it's, it's going to be a good time. So if you're a member, make sure you're here tonight. Every Friday night we do that and we had a, a massive day. Make sure you guys are hitting that like button, man. So many people are here. Thank you for tuning in. We are interacting with chat. So make sure you're throwing your comments in there uh, and keeping all the good things going. The... The situation with Redfall sort of set the runway for this interview, okay? Because Redfall kind of set the world on fire. And when when Phil said what he said, that, you know, we publish games that review in the high 80s, some in the 60s, he says, if you're scared of that, you shouldn't be in the entertainment business, you shouldn't be in the games business. Yep. And I don't disagree. But here's my problem with some of his framing. I like Phil a lot. I thought it was a great interview. My POV this morning, if you guys missed the show this morning, you'll see that thumbnail floating around YouTube. Phil is fed up. He's just fed up with the situation. But that doesn't mean I agree with all of his framing. He kind of framed, you know, that the the high high 80s, you know, in the 60s. And the real truth is the only reason Red Falls in the 60s is because there's absolute apologist reviewers on Metacritic giving it 90s and 80s. If you remove those completely unreasonable scores, that thing would plummet into the 50s. Yeah. You'd you'd see it for what it was. I honestly think some of those accounts on there, they're literally taking it on the chin. They're giving it a just completely ridiculous score, knowing that it's not real, just to keep that dadgum thing above the 50s. Because if it fell into the 50s, it would be an even bigger embarrassment. Like right now, it's like, oh, you know, it's a little bit below, you know, Forspoken. Everybody wants to throw out Forspoken for some reason, a non-first party game that was an exclusive to Sony. But if that's why I, I truly believe that's why some of those those accounts are out there giving it 90s because they're trying to keep it from falling off the face of the earth. But I don't disagree with them though. You got to take those creative risks. You, you you have to do that. My question is, do you think Redfall as they attempted this was this a big departure? Was this really creative? Because he kept stressing creative, and I'm like, but but where is the creativity in Redfall as a concept? There's nothing new. It all feels like games we've played before. Yeah, I don't, I, when, I, when he says that, I don't think he's saying, like, creative as far as new to us, but it's new to the developer, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, for instance, we have Playground Games. They're being creative with Fable. They they don't make those type of games. They make racing car games, True. right? So so they're trying to make the new Fable now, which is, that's what I think that's what he's talking about, right? So they've never made a multiplayer game. They've made Prey and Dishonored. I mean, yeah, they made Deathloop and stuff, but this is this is... Um, uh, Arcane Austin, right? This is the same people that made Prey, if I'm not mistaken. So from them doing this, this is creatively different than what they were doing before. So I think that's what he's talking about. I don't think he's talking about like being creative as far as like game uh, game altering, like never played before type of genre of type of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's a, 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 I, I don't think that's what he's meaning by that. 
I, I'll take that. I'll take that because he did point out Grounded and Sea of Thieves and right. Hi-Fi. He was like, you know, these are games they don't typically make. I actually found his focus on creative pretty heavy. I'm getting corrected, by the way. Xbox Series X version of Redfall on Metacritic has dropped to a 59. Well deserved, by the way. I don't think this game deserves above a 4 or a 5. And I'm being serious. That's not hyperbolic. This is barely a video game. It's it's an insult for this thing to be anywhere at $70. It is barely a video game. I've played early access indie titles that were more polished better. than this. Yeah, 100%. Hey, Mo, look, look, I know that you love Xbox and what it is, right? But you got to see you got to see this is a problem. Redfall, you might be having fun with your kids and that's fine right i play crappy games all the time that my son wants to play on xbox doesn't mean that's 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 a bad thing right there's games for everybody redfall completely missed their their mark right if it was a space shuttle trying to land on the moon it missed the moon right it missed it it missed it completely they didn't have a good solid foundation of this rocket as they launched it into the into the stratosphere this missed the mark big time well, and I tried to say that the other day. It, the, this this defense of Redfall kills me. Well, I'm having fun. I don't mean any disrespect, but you can take your fun and shove it. Like, and I, what am I supposed to do with that? Right? Your, ha- like, your house is on fire, Lono, but you're mo- roasting marshmallows on the fire. You're like, your house is burning. You're like, yeah, but I'm having fun roasting marshmallows. Right? Yeah, that, that's not how we, me- that's not, there's no <laughs> metric there. Like, oh, right. I'm having fun because think about it. Everybody wants to roast Forspoken. And every time I was critical of Forspoken, I had people say the same thing. Well, I had fun with it. Okay, that's not a defense of right. anything I said about Forspoken. The bad dialogue, the the, the inferior graphical performance. They, they were, I think they were fooled to launch for spoken as a PlayStation exclude like limited exclusive like a time exclusive because it's a it's a third person action adventure game you know you're going into the big leagues right you're going to PlayStation where third person action adventure is king it's god there you're going up against the the best third person action adventure games in the market there's nothing if you want to play that style you're going up against the best okay so that was a huge mistake, and nobody telling me they had fun in Forspoken was suddenly like a repudiation of what I'm saying. And when you look at Redfall, it's like, I said the other day, if I had a Pinto busted up lemon car that got me to work, barely ran, I couldn't say, well, I like it, it's really special to me, it's fun to drive, right? I'm taking my right. life into my own hands every time I drive it, it's thrilling. It's thrilling, yeah. That doesn't make it a good car! Like, that doesn't suddenly make it a good car. It's still a piece of junk. Like, and that's the thing. I'm never going to yuck your yum. Like, if you love your Pinto, I'm not going to be like, dude, that's a piece of garbage. You should sell it. I'm going to say, listen, bro, that's a dangerous car. Man, you're going to die. Like, you can't defend games with the fun factor when they're this bad. Look, here, here's a mug. This is a complete product, right? I can pour liquid in this thing, and I can drink out of this cup. Okay, if my cup has a giant hole in the side of it and it's leaking liquid outside and I try to drink it, it, it's a broke. It's broke. If you put a patch on it later, okay, you paid your hard earned money for this cheap cup for seven dollars or whatever it is. And it's not working correctly. You are a bad consumer. You are. You're a bad customer. If you buy something that's broke and go, ah, they'll fix it next month, right? That you should keep your standards up higher. You can enjoy lower grade things fine, but you got to admit that 
you don't buy anything else in this world that you're like, ah, yeah, six months from now, it'll be good. Eight <laughs> months from now, it'll be good. 12 months from now, it's going to be good. Like, you bought it. You used your hard-earned money. Now, if it was just on Game Pass and you pay the $10 and it wasn't $70 or $100 for the the, the whatever the bundle thing was, yeah. great. We can lower our expectation. But it came out at $100 and $70. This is a problem. And there was people that bought it. That's a problem with the industry itself. Yeah. Yeah. And Eugene says, it's like saying the wine's low quality, it's corked and sour, its flavor profile is off, and someone's saying, well, it got me drunk. Like, yeah. I'm right. having a good time with it. Yeah. <laughs> you can drink swill. You can buy the cheap. Listen, I used to buy the cheapest beer, right? And it can get you there, but that doesn't make it a good product. And the difference, too, is even what he is saying about the wine, even the car, even even the beer example, those are complete products. I know what I'm buying when I buy PBR, right? I know what I'm buying when I buy the cheapest thing. I know what I'm doing when I get in the really bad car that barely runs. That's not what Redfall is. These analogies are doing a disservice because those are all complete products that you know what you're signing up for when you buy them. Redfall was not that. This was meant to be a AAA First party title for $70. It's an incomplete product. Even saying incomplete product just feels like an understatement. It's like it's cobbled together. It, it's like a technical test. It, it this, this is unacceptable. And I, I want to use this to segue a little bit into, uh, into the interview. But I did want to say, hey, guys, if you're enjoying the show, there's so many people here. We do this every week. Typically, it's a talk show with just me, but man, this Friday segment, you guys have been really digging it. Make sure you smash like. I know a lot of you came over from the first stream. You might be lurking. Take a second and do that. So when when we say that you know you can't really defend a bad game by saying it's fun and and that's not really a great excuse, I'm also hearing people say, they're throwing out the theory, <laughs> this is crazy to me. Did Phil, did Phil play this? Did they know it was this bad? To, to tank and look and are, are they trying to look bad right now for the regulators for the Activision Blizzard deal I don't buy into this theory at all by the way I think this is ludicrous because this hurts your share value this hurts this hurts consumer confidence it hurts uh, investor confidence this is this is insane to me what do you make of this theory that like they're tanking on purpose because of the I, I regulators don't, I don't I don't that's a thing I don't think they're they're tanking it there's 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 no way I, I can believe that that he's tanking on purpose the company so they can look better. One because I, I think that deal. Not that I want to get on, on that conversation, but I think that deal is going to go through regardless, uh, even with all the problems that are going on. But to tank it with Redfall, like I don't know, that just seems a little weird. So I guess that theory would also say the reason that they're also not releasing uh, Starfield like they said they were, is because they want to keep it after the deal goes through or they're trying to make it look better better or worse. You know what I mean? Like, is that why they're delaying Starfield? I don't know. Uh, that could mm. all include into that. I don't, I don't believe that, though. Yeah, I, I, here's the thing. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to go Activision Blizzard because we've talked about it ad nauseum. Yeah, but, but to me, Redfall is all the proof I need that, listen, you don't even have to think about the economics. You don't even have to think about the competition angle. Why on earth would you want Microsoft to buy more property? Because right. look at what they look at what they did to Redfall. <laughs> like, it, oh, it's it's not Xbox's fault. It's Arcane's fault. Oh, okay. So they buy property and don't pay attention to it. What do you think of that defense? This is my favorite defense. Yeah, Microsoft had nothing to do with it. They're hands off. 
Well, I said in the beginning, I, I, I think everyone's to blame. I mean, Arcane, think about this. If you were a developer, right? Let, let's say you're the upper management and I'm the developer in Arcane Studios, right? I'm making the game for you. You're coming down, you're checking my work. You have to have pride in it, right? You would have to go, all right, good job, Mike. You've done a really good job with this. This is good. Let us let me show my upper management. You take it off to somebody else. And then Matt Booty signs off or whatever and says, uh, I, I understand Matt Booty was on it. Uh, wasn't on it. But anyway, uh, upper management looks at it and goes, yeah, looks good. Yeah, that signed it off. And, and Phil's like, hey, uh, so how are we doing at Arcane? And the upper management goes, all okay here, right? And they're like, all right, great. Let's uh, let's put it on Game Pass. Like something fundamentally went wrong, and it, I, it's not just Microsoft's problem. It's an upper management problem in Arcane Studios. It's an upper management problem in Microsoft. Upper management in Xbox, Zenimax. I've already answered that. It's across the board. I don't think you can blame just Microsoft, but that's the final defense line, right? Like, you, writers have editors. Editors are the, the last line before a thing goes out, before it gets misspelled. And, and once it goes public, people are like, well, that's misspelled. That looks stupid. It, it takes it takes the uh, first impressions away and makes the writer look like an, an absolute idiot if he's got misspelled words in his article, right? right. So it, it takes credibility away from that. So to say that Arcane is not responsible for this is also silly, right? Because the designers or the developers and the upper management said, here we go. This is the best thing that we could have done. Right. And that to me is blinding because your flashlight doesn't even interact with the actual NPCs. Your NPCs doesn't even react to me when I'm standing right behind him and make a noise or shoot a gun like nothing happens. So the quality control is absolute garbage in Arcane Studio itself. And then the people that check their work are also idiots because they shouldn't have got to this point. And I want to be clear because, you know, I think Mike's making a good point when I trot out my theory I'm not absolving Arcane, but I do think the greater responsibility is on Microsoft if my theory is correct. Because if you hamstring your developer to that degree, number one, if you get rid of the bonuses, if that's even true, but just ignore that for a second. Like if they actually came in and they disrupted development in the middle, if you're a couple years in and somebody comes in and says, you're not doing that anymore, you're doing this now, that is insanely disruptive. We have a minimum viable product maybe right now it's barely a minimum viable product the only plausible explanation like if i'm trying to be sherlock holmes in the development world i'm thinking how does a game launch this poorly i i can't think that like oh they spent five years on it and then they just they made a bunch of mistakes something happened at some point that doesn't absolve arcane but it certainly shows you where's the causality and just how just how hamstrung and and strangled were they that would have led to this result well you got to remember bungie when destiny 1 was worked on they worked on it for 5 years but they didn't they worked on it once they finished it and redid it it was 13 months when they learned, when they launched destiny 1 right from from the original concept 3 years in they cut it and then 13 months they launched it same with anthem 7 years that game was worked on but they wasn't worked on for 7 years they didn't do anything with it for 5 years right so to say that arcane worked on this game for 5 years what does that detain like what detail you know what i mean does that was it concept to now was it were they actually putting code on the actual screen for 5 years like what i i don't i, I can't imagine that they worked on this game for 5 years cuz one guy worked on the game for five years and completed the game. There, there's a whole studio here. If they worked on this game for five years, this is this is this is poor poor craftsmanship. But I think Phil Spencer gave us a glimpse when he said we didn't do a good job with Arcane helping them because he said we did a better job with Starfield. 
because they were earlier in production. So what he's saying is Arcane was further along in production. So they right. weren't sitting around talking about Redfall. They were so far along in production that that, that like basically Microsoft disrupted that. Instead of what they did with Starfield is they were earlier in production and they sent a bunch of people to help. Like they, that's why uh, Todd Howard referenced that in an interview. They had they had Xbox engineers helping them. That proves my point, though, that the upper management is terrible in this scenario, right? Because Phil Spencer said we should have gave them help earlier. Well, they didn't know they needed help earlier because someone didn't tell them they needed help earlier. You, you see what I'm saying? So it, it it's upper management saying, hey, Microsoft, we need help over here. No one told them that they needed help. They're like, oh, yeah. By the time they found out, they're like, oh, this is too late. Maybe they found out last year. This is why they postponed it one year. And it still wasn't enough time. They shouldn't have released this regardless. They should not release this game at all. But I do they think, did. though, the way he phrases it, he said we didn't do a good job early on to help them understand what it means to be part of Xbox First Party. He's like, that's the disruption point. Like, you're now Xbox First Party. Phil Spencer's putting his finger right on what I did. It's like, we didn't help them with that. And I think that's the disruption point. Now, you might be right. Arcane might not have spoke up enough. But then when he ends it by saying, you know, we should have been there for Harvey and the team earlier. That sounds to me like Harvey and the team said, this is insane what you're asking us to do. But that's what I'm saying. Upper management dropped the ball somewhere. If Arcane did speak up and Microsoft Studios that were supposed to help the right people to send them the right people to help them didn't do that job. They didn't do that right. job. So what I'm saying is the upper management, no matter what the devs were doing, Arcane didn't either speak up and say, hey, we're drowning over here. We need help. You want us to change. We need other people on this. They didn't say that. And if they did, the the middle management or upper management of Xbox Studios or Microsoft, Xbox, whatever, didn't do it either. Arcane's still reporting to to Bethesda. They're still reporting to Zenimax. Zenimax is reporting to Microsoft. So there's a lot of people in between this. I would love that that person that came out on Twitter to really come out and be like, hey, this is this is what happened because I would love to see behind the scenes of what actually went on behind the scenes of this. Yeah, if you guys are not aware, he's referring to a tweet. I don't I don't want to say the name of the person because she's already probably in hot water uh for speaking out. So we're I, you know, I'm gonna let her maintain almost no anonymity because you can find this pretty easily but I just don't want it in my content just to sort of spare her any additional attention but she she was sort of saying like I can't believe this is happening the way that you know people are speaking out and celebrating this and she sort of ended the tweet thread by saying personally I'd love nothing more than to give full transparency but at that point I feel it would be interpreted as excuses anyways thanks for letting me be momentarily vulnerable before I'm whisked away by the PR team talking so it's clear to me something happened that that caused all this and she would love to tell us but it would be viewed as oh you're making excuses that's either that's either you know microsoft came and jacked everything up or management jacked everything up and like oh we got to go live service and i i've my my gut my gut is that the director said what he said on purpose. And this developer, she's the same one that came out and said that the game had been worked on for five years. They are trying to tell us, you guys don't know the full picture of what happened to this game. Yeah, I would, I would love I would love that. I know they signed really strict NDAs. I have a lot of buddies that work, uh, when I went to school at Full Sail, they are working in big companies now, and they sign these NDAs that they can't say anything. They, they Otherwise, you know, they, they got to live too. They got to provide for their families as well. 
Exactly, exactly. And I, I want to transition to the, the Phil Spencer interview. I, I don't want to beat up Redfall too much because Redfall is still going to be part of the conversation because Phil Spencer spoke to it. So guys, if you're enjoying the show, smash that like button. Let's set our sights on 400 likes while we move over to Phil Spencer. And we are going to touch a little bit on his, his brief comments on the CMA, okay? Because I, I did think this was interesting because Phil seems to be... I don't know. He's he's playing a PR game. He kind of has to, but sure. I feel like he's I feel like he's in his in his PR you know little backflipping here. He's missing the point because he says they have this point of view that we have a lead in a market that is just forming. That's not a point of view. That's true. The cloud gaming market is just forming, and Microsoft's the leader. Okay, I sure. saw people trying to point to. You know, Amazon developing a relationship with Fortnite. Yeah, that that has nothing to do with with the cloud gaming like market competition. Like that's one game, okay, and that's one company. And guess what? Fortnite can can go on any cloud services if they want to. Like they're not right. restricted because guess what? Fortnite's not owned by a cloud platform, so they have an interest in going to other cloud platforms. Man, it's amazing what happens when a piece of property is not owned by the actual company that's that owns the cloud space. So, you know, he's like, oh, that you know, it's just forming this content which somehow pro- prohibit others from competing in the market. But, you know, Google's out here accusing Microsoft of anti-competitive behavior in cloud services, not cloud gaming, but cloud services. And I said, I was like, I think that's going to be a factor. I-, I think cloud gaming is 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 going to be a factor here. And the CMA basically said, look, this this is developing. We don't want to have that level of oversight and regulation because it'll it'll hurt this. This developing market. Do you think? What's your opinion on this? Because we know what the CMA said, and we know what he's saying. Do you agree that they're overstating the, the 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 cloud issue, or do you agree this is an emerging market that stands to be pretty endemic to the gaming world? That's my status. That's my my opinion. This is like cell phones. This is like internet. I think the cloud is about to become endemic to our life. And Microsoft sure. wants to be in control. So do you think CMA overstated? Or are they in the wrong? Do you think Microsoft's in the right? Where did you land on that? I mean, the overall like revenue is like what six percent, I think it is, like of the total, it's like six billion or something like that. And they're projecting it to be like in the hundred billions, like in by I think it's like 2030. So it is an emerging market by just facts of stats of what it is. Like there's they have sixty percent or seventy percent, six between sixty and seventy percent of the six billion market but there's plenty of room to grow in this in the cloud streaming and the only one that failed at it the only one that failed at it was google right okay google google couldn't just get their hands on the first party titles where you know sony and uh microsoft and look at nvidia and uh boosteroid right boosteroid and nvidia are making it in the in the cloud streaming areas They're, they they provided a service that's people are going to play their games on those on those platforms and whatnot but Google couldn't do it because of Stadia. Stadia was this, everyone's like, oh, it's the Sega Dreamcast of this generation. No, it wasn't. It was an absolute tra- travesty from beginning, middle, and end of it. It lasted for three years, and they didn't know what they were doing. Google just threw their hats in. I don't think Google, obviously Google is part of the internet, but they're not very good at the cloud. So why would you take what they say? Like, seriously, because they're the only ones that failed at it, and that's why they're basically crying, right? Companies come and go. And yes, Microsoft has a foothold on this. And this is why he says in the interview that 
we're not trying to compete with consoles, right? And I've been saying this, right? You can go back to Generation X Gaming episode like 170, okay, which is back in like 2018, 2019. I said what the plan was for Microsoft, and he came out and said it yesterday, and I was like, oh, man, I feel really good five years ago saying the exact same thing Phil Spencer's saying right now. They're not competing with Sony. They're not competing with uh, Nintendo. They're not competing with any of that. They're trying to take a market that they see ahead, ahead of the curve, and they're trying to get that market, and they have that market, and now they're being punished for being in that market before anybody else, right? They invested their time and money into the cloud gaming industry, the, the, the streaming service type of stuff, which is still about 12 years behind the the media of entertainment as far as movies and, and, and television and stuff like that, but that they're in the front. And other people have to come up to their standards or companies that are not even created yet. There could be someone that starts a brand new company and all of a sudden it could be the number two spot in cloud gaming. There's plenty of room to grow for companies, but they got to do it faster than, than, than later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I've, we've, we've gone so, we've gotten so long and so deep on ABK that, I, you know, and CMA and all that. I, I'm on the other end of this. I, I don't think this thing has a chance now because I think the CMA made a really strong argument that this is going to require too much regulation in a market that's emerging. And I think EU is going to follow them and FTC is already intended to block. So FTC just has more ammunition now. Um, if those three say no, and you know China, I don't think China has any interest in letting this thing go through either because there's a big broken relationship right there. Bobby Kotick just stepping in it left and right. I I personally think Bobby Kotick's trying to sabotage us. He wants the three million. Sure. Or, I'm sorry, three, three billion. billion. Three billion. Yeah, three yeah billion. he wants he wants the three billion. <laughs> he gets paid either way. Um. So yeah, but he they didn't spend a lot of time on this. They didn't spend a lot of time on the CMA with Phil Spencer. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on it either so they moved from the cma to talking about redfall and he admitted that when they said man 60 frames per second he said when we had to admit we were shipping we were not shipping 60 frames per second he said that was a punch in the chin and he said rightfully do you think this tees up and frames up starfield that listen that's a punch on the chin to to ship without 60 i mean he's basically saying if starfield comes out and says the same thing that's a punch on the chin. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that that Starfield is in, in, in rough waters right now, right? Like all eyes are on it. It could come out perfect, and it would still be criticized big time. The big because that's the standard. The standard should be that it comes out not broke, sixty frames per second, and and be an awesome game. That's that's what everyone's looking for. So if it hits that mark, bravo. Right, you don't get a pat on the back or anything. That's what games should come out as. But we know that it's a Bethesda game, right? So mm-hmm. it's not coming out. It's not going to come out un- unhinged from like bugs and glitches and stuff. So it'd be interesting because when they said, uh, "Will you be transparent and tell us if it's thirty or 60? and he's like, "Yes," just real quiet, real quick, real real nonchalant says, "Yes." So I don't think it's coming out at sixty. And I think if the word sixty comes out. If it comes out of their mouth, they better they better damn well hit 60, not 59, 58, 50, 52, right? It comes out rock solid 60 frames per second on Xbox Series X, okay? Then that's a win. If it mm-hmm. doesn't come out and Digital Foundry goes, yeah, it's running at 40 frames or 19 frames, like, like no, just because you said 60 frames, not, talk is cheap. 
actions are, are fantastic, right? Show us, show us what it can do. Jim Ryan has that quote, you know, uh, I'm done talking now. Let, let me show you what we're about, right? And he shows he shows a whole bunch of games. That's what Xbox needs to do. Yeah, see, I don't see it this way because, you know, Frank is in, Frank Kent is in chat saying that Phil was talking about hiding 30 FPS for so long, not being 30 FPS. That's not true. The direct quote was, the announcement about 60 frames per second that we weren't shipping 60 frames per second, that was our punch on the chin. He's saying that not shipping... Shipping without 60 is a punch on the chin. He wasn't saying hiding it was a punch on the chin. That simply isn't true. Oh my gosh, Smiley, that's a 20 gifted member bomb. He just just puts a crown on it. You guys are insane. He was absolutely not saying, oh, we held it for too long. That's a punch on the chin. The specific quote was the fact that we weren't shipping with 60. That's a punch on the chin. So I, I disagree with that read of it. I also disagree with Mike. When 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 Phil says you can't disagree with me, we're friends. <laughs> you can't disagree with me. Here's how you disagree as adults. <laughs> when he asks him that question about Starfield at sixty, Phil goes, "Yeah," and then he goes to open his mouth and he stops. He stops did look himself. like he wanted to say something else. Yeah, he did look like he wanted to say something else. I think he stopped short because that's the wow moment for Starfield. Because at this point, the wow moment for Starfield has kind of passed them by. We've seen the game like you can't do much more other than. Show us more gameplay because they've shown us every square inch of gameplay, flying, fighting, shooting, crafting. So it's like the only thing left to really show us is here's the game in action. And yes, 60 frames per second on the Series X. Like, I think they're going to specifically state that because that's the headline they want. And if he would have said anything about it today, it would have stolen the thunder. Like, it it doesn't land as good from him. It lands much better from them. And you have to remember... These interviews are pre-approved. He approved that question. I don't right. think he would have approved that question if, oh no, yeah, Starfield's coming out and it's going to be 30. I don't think he would have said the punch on the chin line if he knew, yeah, Starfield's going to come out and be at 30 because everybody's going to refer back to this interview and be like, what in the frick, man? That was just a couple, that was just a month ago. Like, so I think, I think actually Starfield's coming at 60 and he, he lightly confirmed it in this interview. All right, so let me ask you this then, right? Because you're saying that Microsoft got involved and screwed up certain things, right? What about if Phil Spencer goes up to Todd Howard? We know Todd Howard wants 30. He wants solid 30 frames because that's where he wants. He wants it to look good. If he comes in, Phil Spencer comes in and goes, sorry, Todd, you got to make it 60 frames. They're interfering now with the the product that they're making. And now the game might completely collapse on itself because it has to do 60 frames and it has all these other problems. Do you think that's wrong then that he's forcing them to do 60 when Todd's like, we're, we're, I want to do 30, man. I want to do 30 and they're interjecting, right? Which, which one's better? 60 frames and worse because it's buggy and glitchy or solid 30 frames and disappointed because it's not 60? It's tough because Todd Howard in the Lex Friedman interview, when he says that, he talks about how if the players are having all this freedom and if all this stuff's running, if the simulation's running well, we think 30 FPS is fine. There's only one game he could be thinking about. He's thinking about Starfield when he says that. Like He's not referring to conversations about that in Skyrim because that wasn't a conversation back then. 60 FPS wasn't a conversation with Skyrim. I don't think it was a conversation with Fallout 4. I think it was a conversation about Starfield. So to your question, Phil walks in the room and says, you're not doing that, bro. Nobody's going to take 60 FPS. 60 FPS set Gotham Knights on fire. And it and it set, you know, and he couldn't have said this in the past, but it set Redfall on fire. They knew. Yeah. 
that you can't walk out with these consoles and have that as the headline. You're going to get cooked. And I think that's great. I actually think that's great for gamers, by the way, that if your game comes out as like, yeah, no 60 FPS, you should get cooked because that we are not back there anymore. Get with the yeah. times or get out. I'm not, I don't want to play your game with old gen performance on my really nice television and my next gen console. Take a walk. Like that's not what I'm interested in what, anymore. What if it, what if they do what, 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 uh, Redfill, uh, uh that's what it's called, Redfall. <laughs> Red, Red, Redfall. What about if they do the same exact thing, where all of a sudden they say uh, it's thirty frames per second when it launches, but we have sixty frames working on it, and it comes out, you know, a month later or whatever. That's that's a that's a that's an L for me. That's a punchline. That's a punchline yeah. and a bad joke. That's 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 not at all headline. That's not marketing. That's destructive. If they have to come yeah. out and say that, I I do. I think at this point, that's. I, I said yesterday in my in my Xbox showcase live stream, the giant undeniable elephant in the room for the Starfield showcase is we want a definitive answer about 60. And Phil just said in this interview, you're going to get a definitive answer. And yeah. I cannot imagine. I it's cannot 30. imagine them doing <laughs> Xbox yeah. showcase Starfield direct. And they put a cherry on top and say, yeah, it's not 60. Oh can you, my can you gosh. Imagine, can you imagine? He's like, yeah, you're getting a definitive answer. Starfield's coming out and it's 30 frames per second. You'd be like, oh, bro. Yeah. Anything, listen to me. I mean this, yeah. not yeah, hyperbole. Anything. anything they announce that day, anything they talk about, that's the only thing in headlines is Starfield at 30 FPS. That's why he's. That's why he didn't say it. He's letting them say it. I. There is. There's no way. It would destroy the entire day. It would. It, and that's not they, hyperbole. They could they could announce anything else that day, right? They could be like Game Pass is going up twenty dollars, and then tell you it's sixty frames. Everybody like Starfield sixty frames. They would f- totally forget about the, uh, the the price increase of Game Pass, right? That's how excited they would be if it's sixty frames. But again, you shouldn't pat them on the back because that should be standard. That should be standard for this, uh, at least for the Xbox Series X. It should one hundred percent be sixty frames on the Xbox Series X and thirty frames on the Series S. That's that's the way it should be. Yeah, and and the inverse of what you're saying is true. 60 would make people forget everything, and so would 30. They could have amazing game announcements tomorrow uh, in the showcase. They could have amazing showings of like Hellblade and Avowed and a bunch of great release dates and confidence is on a rise. And then Todd Howard walks out and says, oh man, it would just be such a shame if I ruined the entire day. And, and told everybody that Starfield's at 30 FPS. Because it would. I think it would ruin the entire day. It would light all of their marketing on fire. And they wouldn't let them do it. I don't think they would let them do it. They would say, no, you can't say a word about that. That needs to remain a mystery. Because you're going you're gonna to lampoon all of our marketing. They got they got one month to get their their crap together. Okay? And this is what Phil should do, right? He should come on on stage. He holds, a, he holds the controller in his hands. as like, he shows footage on the on the screen of starfield playing and he goes it's 60 frames and it's on the xbox series x he goes up to the series x picks it up and then just yanks the cables out so you know it's real (laughs) yeah 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 i'd be like it's on the actual console it's not running on pc in the background it's running on this system right here that's what it is that that'd be like a drop on the mic moment but at that point it's like that's not going to happen we we know that's not going to happen do you really think it's gonna be 60 frames i think it's gonna struggle i don't think it's gonna i don't think starfield's gonna run particularly well this has been my concern from day one is i think it's gonna be a super awesome game 
in about a year because I, I just yep. I, yeah I just don't agree. think I don't think it's going to run very well. I'm super worried about that aspect in particular. I said this last night on our podcast, right? I said that, and Sarge agrees with me. I said I think that they're building Starfield. That's why it's delayed a year. I think they're getting the first like they say there's a thousand planets, right? But I think they're getting like the three four planets that you go to. They're 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 shining those bad boys up. They're making those things work as good as possible. Whatever that is, if it's 15 hours, 20 hours, 30 hours of gameplay for the story on those planets, those are going to work fantastic, or at least Bethesda fantastic. But after that, it's going to go off the cliff. It's going to be like Fallout 76. People need to remember that they can walk out and say Starfield will ship with a performance mode targeting 144060. That doesn't mean it's going to hit it. You guys know that, right? Like, I think a part of the marketing for that showcase is it will ship with a performance mode targeting 60 because they all get to say that. They all say targeting. Right. Hitting it? Well, <laughs> that's another story, right? <laughs> like like Han says, good against remotes is one thing. Good against the living? <laughs> like, that's that's we're dealing with something entirely different here. Like, targeting 60 is one thing. Hitting 60 is a whole nother story. Now he uh, goes, the, go ahead. The beer Baron says, you know, I think I'll run at 60 frames just fine. Look, I'm, I'm with you. I hope it does. I don't want any game coming out. That's broke, buggy, unfinished. And like is bad. I'm not rooting to have bad games, but the industry has shown us time after time, after time again, with these triple a studios that they just come out. They just come out bad, man. They're just coming out broke, buggy, unfinished. Hmm. Well, that kind of touches on the next thing he talked about. And I told people watch the interview and count how many times he talks about references or discusses creative. He wants these creative aspirations. He said, I want to give the teams a creative platform to push their teams and push their aspirations. It's interesting that he kept hitting that note to me because we've been hitting on that note for a very long time. Microsoft struggles with creative because they treat video games like software. Their right. corporate policy with contracts, the you know the 18 months creative directors keep leaving everwild's correct creative director left it supposedly got rebooted that's the game from rare the mm. creative director left perfect dark and a bunch of people left to the point they had to bring in crystal dynamics to co-develop perfect dark creative director from playground left creative directors from 343 kept leaving they can't keep creative talent so We've been highlighting that for a long time, and then Phil just keeps hitting that note. Creative ding, creative ding. Can we get a creative count on how many times he said (laughs) creative in the interview? What do you think he's doing that? Because I personally think this is my opinion. I think that he's hitting that note because Microsoft's policies and their I think they're tying Phil's hands together. I think Microsoft's antithetical to creative work. I think they're very software driven. They're very utilitarian and we're seeing the results in people leaving, creative directors leaving, talent leaving. They don't want to work in these conditions. And I think Phil knows it. I think this has been something he's likely saying, "Listen, you will not get good results in these environments. He wants to scream like, I told you so. I told you this would be the result of what we've been doing. We can't keep talent. Halo Infinite's just the first game to fall, I think. Do you think that's true? you think maybe his hands are tied? Or do you say, no, I attribute a lot of the problems to Phil Spencer. What, what, you know, why is he hammering away at this creative note the whole time? It's hard to say because you look at Phil and you, you think he's in charge, right? Like, I, I think he's in charge. But then you hear certain things that are coming out and you're like, well, 
is Phil Spencer the Kathleen Kennedy of Lucasfilm? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think he is. I think he is, I think he is a gamer. I think he knows what what's good. I mean, no matter what's happening right now with Microsoft, they're the most profitable Xbox is that they've ever been. Right? They've they're more successful with Phil Spencer and with Game Pass than they've been ever before with any other other systems they've had. So, mm. is is there someone behind the scenes? Like, you know, when you run for like a student president in, in, in high school or whatever, you're like, yeah, I'm going to bring soda machines and we're going to do the candy and everyone's going to get all this stuff. And then you get, you get into office and the principal and the vice principal and the student, uh, the, uh, the teachers were like, yeah, you can't, you can't bring that soda in here. You can't, you can't bring the candy in here. Like they control Like you're the, you're the figurehead, but you actually don't get to make any changes. I don't think that's what Phil Spencer is. I think Phil Spencer, I think is the lead. And he does take the the, the blame and, and whatnot. But I do believe there's people, and this happens in the film industry as well, you have people that have more money than you, and they want to be creative. And they come in, they're like, hey, uh, what about this idea? Uh, what about if we do this? And this is how the, the investors. And Phil at some point probably has his his hands tied because he's like, yeah, we can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, it's a crea- like he wants to have the creative people be creative, but the people that are paying the paychecks, like the, the people above Phil... Mm-hmm. want to make a profit faster than than uh than the uh than the that that he told them they were going to, going to and they're making changes behind him. I don't know. I don't know if that's if that's how it works at Microsoft. I mean that's usually how it works at big most big businesses. It's a trillion dollar company and Xbox is a small division of that. So I I still believe that Phil Spencer does make those calls. I I still believe that he is telling people and he's trusting the people that he hired, Matt Booty and the other uh what's what's the other guy below him that that talks to the Aaron Greenberg, the, Aaron Greenberg. Thank you. Like he, he, those are his generals and those generals go to the, the studios and, and talk to their upper management. And I think there's a, a faulty line here between them. And no matter what happens, Phil takes the blame and that's, that's a good leader, right? Go down with the ship, take the ship with you. You go down with it and, and stand your ground. And I think he's doing a good job. And I think that's what he's supposed to do. Right. I think that's what Phil Spencer's supposed to do. So I think the creativeness that he's talking about there's someone else driving him out and it's pissing, it's pissing Phil off. And he's not going to say that because he's taking the blame. Mantis says that we need to stop pushing the narrative. Phil's not happy with Redfall, but Halo didn't fall. It's not a smash hit, but it wasn't Redfall. Halo Infinite's a failure. I don't know how anybody can rewrite that history. It's an utter failure. You can run the Metacritic scores. Those are, those are not proof of anything. It's proof that they played sleight of hand. Halo Infinite did not ship with the Series X. That's a disaster for your brand. Yeah. It really hurt them. It shipped a year later, barely. Barely. You had a campaign that got good scores, lacked features, promised features never showed up for that. The The multiplayer was in a beta, riddled with bugs and glitches. None of that's in the Metacritic score because there is no Metacritic for the multiplayer. And the multiplayer content plan is an absolute joke in comparison. They didn't hit the minimum expectations of a live service game. And... The the game's on life support. They've laid people off. Staten's gone. Joseph Staten's at Netflix. That's how bad Halo Infinite is. He got out of gaming. (laughs) Well, no, he's doing gaming with Netflix. He's gaming gaming with Netflix. Yeah, that's not really gaming, though. Come on. If you think Halo Infinite is not as bad as Redfall, I think Zubair is making a great point. Halo has a higher bar of expectations than Redfall. It's effing Halo. Right? Yeah, it's it's the it's the it was what launched Xbox, what which launched the game. Like it, it was a huge success, and it's it's gone downhill big time. Yeah, I just I I'm the, the the rewriting history of Halo Infinite always just drives me crazy. That is an in, 
embarrassment for the brand. That is the granddaddy. And he's laying on the ground. Just And they've got no interest in picking him up. It's like those videos you see, like, of, you know, cameras and somebody falls down in the street and, like, nobody helps them. It's like, th- that's dad. That's the granddaddy of, of, of Microsoft, of Xbox. And he's just laying there. They just completely mistreated him. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to get distracted on that too much, but they they are in a spot right now where the, that the confidence just isn't there and he kept wailing on that creative thing and I, I loved how he highlighted letting rare do sea of thieves obsidian do grounded you know hi-fi rush everybody thought they were going to be doing evil within um you know tango and i love that i think he's it's it's almost like he was making his case like hey do you see what happens when we let people get creative like when we foster creativity these are wins for us sea of thieves grounded and hi-fi rush those are wins for the brand like he didn't want to do this you know if a if a if a team is known for something like that's all they're going to do now he puts out and says listen we underdelivered i apologize for redfall it's not what i expect not what i want it's ours to deliver and i said this is contrary to the narrative that people out here trying to shield Xbox from criticism of Redfall. Right? Everybody would have thrown confetti in the air if Redfall was a 9 out of 10 game and said what a win for Xbox, what a win from Game Pass. But when it fails, it's all Arcane's fault. What did you make of that? That the immediate efforts to shield Xbox from criticism and to act like they're they're not attached to this in any way. I mean, people that are in relationships, I mean, you're going to protect the one that you think you're blinded by love, right? You're blinded by love. People love there are, there are video game boxes. Uh, I personally don't. I, I, I'm not sleeping with my Xbox next to my wife in bed with me. Uh, I don't have a PlayStation cuddling on the couch with me. I'm not like eating popcorn and sharing it with it. It's just a box that sits on my desk. So the people that that like are just blinded by their love for their for their plastic box boggles my mind. Like you can enjoy it and stuff, but don't be blinded by when a company does something and then you blame shift. Don't don't be bungee. Okay, that's what happened to Bungie. Every time Bungie did something wrong, it was always someone else's fault. It was never Bungie's fault, right? Mm-hmm. People have to take credibility across the board. Arcane screwed up. I've said this already in this podcast. Arcane screwed up. Upper management screwed up. Microsoft screwed up. Across the board, everyone takes blame. It's not point finger who got hit by the bus. Something massively has gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah, well, this was the part of the interview about Redfall that threw me for a little bit of a loop when he talked about they run mock scores on the games before they ship and they said that this was double digits and now, and, and now we're seeing he when he said this it was in the 60s it's it's in the 50s now at 59 yeah. he says yeah. this was double digits lower than we thought it would be so I'm assuming they thought this game was going to be in the 70s I, I don't know how they ran mock review scores on Redfall and thought this game was not going to be an absolute disaster it makes you wonder what what they showed him Right. I mean, look at t- there's two videos on IGN. There's the one with uh, Ryan McCaffrey that did the, vi- the the preview of Redfall. And he was all like really giddy. He's like, he's like, oh, it's really fun, blah, blah, blah. And that was just the preview. And then you had the review that came out from IGN and it just absolutely trashes the game. Right. And you're like, where, where is this? Like you're hyping it up beforehand. And then now all of a sudden it's out and you're, you're telling me completely different. So I wonder internally if they showed Phil Spencer something that was completely different or sort of like a, what Anthem did, right? When Anthem showed their trailer at E3, they showed the best of the best in front of that that little segment. And then after they saw that, it said, wow, I got really good reviews or really good hype for it. We should build that game now, right? Yeah. Like they show like a small little section 
to Phil Spencer. We know he goes and plays the games. We know that he goes and plays the games himself. We know that they have a, a QA. What happened? What happened to this where they showed him and they're like, oh, yeah, the, the testing was we were in the 80s and 70s. We were OK with that. And yet it, it gets 15 to 20 points lower than their projected, which yeah. whoever, whoever did those, they need to fire those people because that that's lost them millions, millions and millions of dollars because of that. Well, and people are pointing to the capture event because you've got these content creators out here that they started they, with them. They flip flop. We did. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Even Maddie plays and I trust him because he said he was actually and this is why I trust him. He, he won a lot of points with me when he told me not me to me personally i was watching his video yeah i gotcha i got it's kind of weird he like reached out to me no he didn't by the way we would love to have maddie on the show open invitation uh but he said in a video that he was very critical of death loop he thought death loop was sort of a wrong direction for arcane they were sort of walking away from what made them so great and he 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 criticized the ai and some of the design of death loop and i thought that was really awesome that even as a huge Arcane and Bethesda fan, he was willing to be critical because I thought Deathloop was overpraised. I was like, it's a seven and a half game, maybe a strong eight, or maybe a weak eight, I mean. People were giving it like nines, nine and a halfs, and tens. I'm like, what the frick? I, that's not the game that I played. So right. he was concerned about Redfall, but in his sort of like, hey, I went to the event, he came back, he's like, oh, it's fun. I ha- he had concerns. He mentioned performance issues. He's one of the few people that did. <laughs> what he actually, did he play? That's his video made me say that. What did they play? Because if he's willing to go out there and be critical of Deathloop as as somebody who's planted his brand in Bethesda and loves Arcane, he was willing to be critical of Deathloop and at the time when he did that, he was breaking from the media narrative. That can get you into a bad place with your audience. Like everybody's giving it 9s and 10s. You're just being overly critical. Like it could have hurt him to be that critical. So I feel like, well, this is a guy willing to come out here and tell the truth. What did they play at this event? It I don't know. It, it, I, I played it for 15 minutes and within my video in 15 minutes, you can go watch it. I was like, there's something wrong with this game. Like you could feel it within five seconds of me playing the game. I go, the controller feels weird. Like, did you get this like kickback? Like when you pushed up and then it, like a millisecond later it would go up. It was like overcompensating. Like the dead space was weird. I was like, something's weird. And I, I did the adjustments. People in my chat were like, you got to put it to 3.5 and then put it on slow and whatever. And I was like, I, oh, okay, great. And then I started playing the game. I was like, this is broke. You could tell the way you were moving, the way you were like, so you're telling me at this, at this game event they went to, it was perfect. They were like, oh yeah, it's great. It's a fun game. Super, super engaging. Uh, the AI is super smart. Like within seconds, you could look at the AI and go, this is, there's brain dead. Like it was almost like playing Fortnite when they had the bots in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. They just like walk around yeah. and kind of shoot. Seymour butts in chat is saying Maddie hinted in a recent video that he played something that was different. He said there were more enemies around in that version. Yeah. They, Where's they, that version? Yeah. They played, I'm telling you, they played a slice and this is not me obviously defending some of the worst defenders out there. Cause there were people that were, going hard in the paint for this game and they were PRing for the game. I'm not talking about the people who are like astroturfing media and be like, oh, it's great and you know, Mr. Montage. I'm not defending that. But I'm looking at somebody like Maddie and I'm saying, this guy got misled. He played something that didn't hit the market and that, to me, that's almost more sinister 
because then you use the YouTube funnel yes. media and yep. you tricked these guys. You're not just then damaging consumer confidence and and damaging the game or maybe even the studio. You're th- th- these guys are out here catching strays. It's like he hurts his credibility because you want you basically used him. I I I think that's that's reprehensible. It's almost like a, a Cyberpunk 2077 where people went to the event and they were like it's amazing. It's so good and then the game came out and it was just what what is this? You know what I mean? So I don't know. Maybe and I I hate it if they do this, but if they looked at it and go, "Oh yeah, yeah. Uh what you guys are playing now, there's going to be a couple bugs and glitches. Don't don't hold that against us. It, it'll be fixed on day 1, right?" And they're like, all right, cool. And then they're like, yeah, um, you know, they, I, I went to the event. They flew me out. They got me, they gave me option, you know, gave me a, the ability to play the game. I don't want to hurt their feelings type of thing. And I know they're not paying them financially with like cash, but you do feel obligated to, to be like, hey, they flew me out. They gave me lunch. They, they, they bought me coffee while we were there and, and stuff like that. And they told us, you know, they won't say it out loud, but they, they told us that the uh, this, this is going to be fixed by day one type of stuff. So they didn't mention it in their early previews. They're like, oh, yeah, the game is fine. It's, it's, it's great. It's really good action. The AI is the best, right? Like, and then you get the game. You're like, what is this? I, I don't understand. It's not that hard to not lie, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, Arcade yeah. lied to those content creators, and those content creators lied to us, but not intentionally. You know what I mean? They, because they were, they were sold a good, and then they referenced it to us and they're like hey yeah this game's uh, i had a lot of fun playing it it's uh, i'm really excited for it to come out and then it comes out and they're like this is the worst game ever and you're like what what happened yeah the flip-flop it just i got I, it broke my neck i got whiplash from the flip-flop i was like oh my word like you guys are <laughs> real like publishers developers and companies should take note like yeah. Some of these guys don't, they don't, they don't waste any time. Like the one guy was bragging about his metrics on his most recent video. That's like super against Xbox. I'm like, <laughs> 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 oh man, enjoy that while it lasts. Because yeah. once this fire calms down, what are you going to do with your brand? What are you going to do with your channel? It'd be a desert. Yeah. Good night. We got to move on. Okay. So they move on to the showcase. And lessons learned from the showcase in 2022. And I love this because, you know, Paris is like trying to keep it positive. It feels like I'm not going positive. Yeah, he's like, (laughs) yeah, he's like, he's like, um, you seemed to not make good on, you know, all those games promise. Phil interrupts him. He's like, no, we didn't. We did not make good on those games. Those games did not come out. I love that. I thought that was excellent. It's like, don't. Don't do that. Don't do that hedging thing. Like, Phil's a big, big boy. He can take the punches. If anybody can take a punch, this guy's Rocky Balboa, okay? He can take it. He's a position. Yeah, that's that's why why he's there. That's right. Now, he said they need to be more transparent about, you know, what they're showing. Is it on console or not? Uh, And then he says, it drives me crazy when we do these self-inflicted wounds, when we put out communication that's confusing or misleading about what the end product's going to be. Now, I interpreted some of this as he's taking ownership of decisions that he disagreed with because he's he's a he's he's a stand up guy. But he doesn't want to point the fingers. Yeah, he doesn't want to point fingers. Right. But the phrasing, it drives me crazy when we do these self-inflicted wounds. That's that expression. You don't say that if it was your decision. You don't say that. You would say, you know, I I feel really bad. We keep doing this, or I, you know, I need to be better about assessing what we're doing. He 
he is essentially saying like this is driving me crazy like we keep doing this and it's right. not it's not up to him there's something there's a there's a there's an upper echelon of choices here that he's not agreeing with what did you make of that section about the transparency but also just the seeming frustration from him mingled with ownership it didn't seem as clear cut as like yeah this is on me it's uh, this is driving me nuts that we keep doing yeah. this yeah, he's he's taking the blame, but he's 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 eating it, right? He's eating it because he's in the position he is. He's like, I'm not going to point to you know uh, Ted over here in this in on this game, or or Charlie over there, or Susie over here. He's may, maybe from the conversation you had before about saying all these creatives left. Maybe these creatives weren't. Maybe they weren't being uh, you know playing ball. Maybe they were trying to push back too much, and the, and they made these these mistakes. And this is why they're not there anymore. We look at it as a bad thing that they're gone but maybe it's a good thing because they weren't playing ball i don't know but i i again i, I think he's a stand-up guy and i think what he did there he, he's very frustrated and i think there's just a they're not seeing it sort of like chat right and i'm not saying you specifically chat but we all don't really see the future of where gaming's going with the digital and the cloud gaming and all that stuff we we're true and true we want a console we want our games we want we, this is what we want this is what we're used to right and in this interview he says you know this is not the old cartridges where we start over every cycle this is this is a different beast now so i think that the people that are making these games they also don't understand where the industry is going and what's doing and they're they're not seeing the vision and when they make these missteps and these you know the, these big major missteps feels just like you're driving me crazy man this is not what we're doing we're doing this and you're doing this and he's just fed up at this point right he's like i've been here what six years now is it six or seven years i think phil spencer's been there well, he's been with Xbox for a while. He was no, in, no, but in the position pos- that he's yeah, in. Yeah, this position, I, it was what it was 2016, 2015. I can't remember when he came on, honestly, and took yeah, over. I, I, it's definitely been like five or six years, right? So he's been there since the he's been there nine years. Thank you, G, uh, G Legend. Uh, so he, they're just not seeing the vision, man. Like they they shifted from console to digital. He even said in the interview, he's like, we'd lost the biggest one with with the digital content which was the Xbox one. Right. And then going into this, uh, this, uh, position with this console, he's like, we just missed, we just missed the bar. So I think, yeah, he's just super frustrated and, and I don't think they're on the same wavelength and he's just fed up with it. Yeah. And that uh, he is, I think fed up's the right choice. If Victor makes a great point in the members only discord, he says pronouns are important. We versus I, right. When he says it drives me crazy when we do these things. Yes. Like, you go watch the deceptive detective, man. I, I, I zero in on stuff like that. I'm like, oh, Phil is basically saying this is driving me nuts that we keep doing this. That's not him saying, yeah, man, that's on me, bro. That, that's not a prostrate like, oh, I'm so sorry, everybody. It's like this is I'm sick of this because he said you can try to take me to some positive space. I'm not in that headspace right now. He, right. He sounds fed up. He sounds like he's taking he responsibility for yeah for decisions that aren't his. Yeah. To me, it's like he wants to scream. I told you so. It's like yeah. I told I told y'all this is what's gonna happen. You can't you can't ship games like this. You know it isn't gonna work. And he said he didn't want to oversell the showcase. He's enthusiastic. He said they're gonna announce some things people haven't seen. Updates on things from the list because Paris had a list. You know, and he said. We're, we, we're going to have a big game out every quarter. Things are lining up finally. He, he said finally, like really kind of strong and flippantly. Right, right. <laughs> do you, what do you think of that? If they can hit that that cadence of a big game every quarter, I'll be honest, 
That Sony's not been doing that. Sony's not had a big game every quarter. And people are like, well, they're playing catch-up. They, they've had a bad couple of years. Shut up. Okay, sh- sh- stop it. <laughs> stop immediately going to console war. If they hit Cadence, big yeah, game every can... quarter, I'll, I'll look at Sony and say, Sony's not doing that. Now, Sony's got better third-party and second-party relationships like Final Fantasy 16, right? That might as well be first-party. But, you know, Sony can kind of pad the numbers a little bit. But th- this, uh, this Cadence sounds... Sounds promising. Like, are we are we going to keep hearing like, wait till next year? Do you think they can yeah. hit this cadence? I mean, if I don't know, it'll it'll be really hard from doing what they've done to nothing. Like they did nothing last year. Like nothing. There was there was no no games, and now one per quarter. That's that's. I thought it was pretty uh, pretty ambitious for Lucasfilm to say we want a Star Wars game every six months, right? And that's only two year, right? So for Microsoft to say we want a big game or a game, a first party title for every quarter. That's, that's pretty ambitious. I would say, because here we'll, they'll move the goalpost, right? Not, not Microsoft, but the fans, they'll be like, well, they had four games, but they were mid tier, right? They were eighties or whatever. And when I say that, I'm not saying I think eighties mid tier. I'm just saying that's the persona of the, of the industry. When people mm-hmm. look at games, right? They're like, Oh, if it's not a 90, it's a, it's a, it's a fail or whatever. But are they giving us four seventies? Every year, or, or you know, are they giving us four eighties? Are they giving us four nineties? You know, are they giving us one ninety five and like three seventies? Like, what type of that games does that mean? Do you know what I mean? I, it, it's it's one thing to say once a quarter we're coming out with a big title. It's another thing of the quality of that title that comes out for that quarter. He well, he did say you know qu- he threw in the word quality at one point when he said that like big game every a big game every quarter quality like he stressed that it's okay. not just about give, delivering game now obviously Redfall is not an indication of that Hi-Fi Rush is more an indication of what they want to do right or he even said in the beginning of the interview like Age 2 shipped and had more players than Hi-Fi it, it was very successful but it wasn't you know nobody talked about it because Hi-Fi right. was kind of in the limelight and I got nervous when he said we've because he's you know he's kind of ramping up right we got we got games coming big game every quarter yeah starfield we got forza hellblade collections of games i i actually twitched when he said hellblade i said oh my gosh please do not rush hellblade 2 like that game has not been in development long enough to be shoved out has it been four years well it's been announced or known about for four years, but the CEO of Ninja Theory in the middle of 2021, when they showed that trailer, he said they hadn't entered full production yet. And oh, they were they okay. were doing motion capture in March of this year. Like, they tweeted it out. So, I'm looking at Hellblade and saying, please don't. Like, if are, are we just going to shorten dev cycles because you're insisting on this once a quarter thing? Like, I, right. I get nervous because you look at what they did. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, we take over these games. We didn't do a good job with Redfall, but we really want to hit one game every quarter. Well, okay, is that reasonable? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I hope they, they, they hold it back. I mean... That game was phenomenal. I haven't played it myself. I watched uh, you and other people play it, and it looked fantastic, uh, gra- graphically wise and also story wise. It was it was very, very different, right? Very uh, creative, is to say, especially with the sound design and everything like that. So, yeah, man, let it cook. I, all these games, I, I don't want, I don't want a time frame. Mm. Like, I want good games. Keep the game as long as you want. 
once you put that title out there and say, oh, it's coming out uh, June 6th or December 12th or what, whatever it is, now we're, and they, they show it, expectations are, are starting to cue. You look at this and go, oh, man, this is going to be so good. I can't wait six months from now, right? And then it comes and you're like, oh, what is this? What is this, <laughs> right? Right? Th- think about this. If Redfall dropped like Hi-Fi Rush, do you think it would be getting the scrutiny that it's getting right now? If, if it dropped like Hi-Fi Rush, like a shadow drop, or if it dropped like and sh- was hi- highly praised? You, did, you, did, you knew nothing about it. Like, you knew nothing about this game, and all of a sudden, they're just like, Red Falls on, on it came out today. Obviously, oh. I, it's a broken game, but I don't think it would be getting as much hate uh, as, it, as it is because they announced it a year ago, or two years ago, actually. They announced it two years ago and showed it and said, oh, this is what it is. We didn't know what it, what it was. I think the hate would be there. The only reason it would get less hate is because it would just have less awareness. It would be right. more of a blip on the radar, but it would still be a heaping pile of garbage. Like people yeah, sure, would, it's still a broken game. People are like, what the heck is this? I think it would have actually caused a greater stir, but in a different way. Mm. They would have said, is Microsoft quietly shoving out projects that aren't ready and using Shadow Drop as, as just sort of a cover to be like, oh yeah, yeah, here you go. They don't want to market. I, I think it would have developed a whole different narrative if they would have done that. So uh, on that question, uh, I think Creature came into my channel. So do you think Hellblade, he didn't say Hellblade, but he said, uh, was it Creature? Do you think they'll drop Shadow Drop uh, of uh, Forza Motorsports no. on, 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 on the day of the, of the uh, event? No, you don't drop stuff like that in that way because those are game pass movers console movers like you kind of have to you he he refers to you know exclusivity uh games as marketing beats you lose that marketing beat power i do think we will see some shadow drops though one of them is likely to be replaced that little cool pixel art indie game also a potential really quick turnaround drop and surprise release date for hollow knight silk song because that thing has just disappeared from the face of the earth, and we're hearing rumors that it's going to be there and have an August release date. Well, that's pretty exciting. That'll be a big announcement for Microsoft to be able to finally drop on the world. I mean, every time Nintendo's done an indie showcase, everyone... Silk Song will trend on Twitter if there's an indie showcase. Like, that game has power. It has marketing power. But I don't see them doing shadow drops of games like Motorsport or... Avowed or Fable or even Hellblade. You can do it with smaller titles, but I don't think you could do it with something the size of Motorsport. Motorsport's been confirmed right. to be coming um, late this year as well. It's not making the first half cut. They they confirmed that somewhere. Sorry, Creature. I thought it was you. Uh, so my mistake it wasn't Creature that told me that. Okay. And I think Mo's making a good point. That's his first one today. <laughs> I love you, Mo. He said, we all get one. We all he get said one. you can't shadow drop if you know about it. I, I kind of agree with that, but you can say play it today. That's not a shadow drop, but that is True. a that's True. a great you know announcement. Yeah, if you know anything about we already know about Forza Motorsports. We didn't know anything about Hi Fi Rush at all. So yeah. that that's true. Silk Song's not ex- Xbox exclusive. I don't think so, but it was included in the 2022 showcase, and they did say, oh, this, the all games shown in the showcase are coming in the next 12 months. That's what started all the hullabaloo about the Diablo 4 release date, because Diablo 4 was a part of the showcase, and I was like, well, that means Diablo is here by June, and it is. But uh, Silk Song was shown last year, and I, that's why w- people are assuming they're going to bring Silk Song back to 
uh, the table. Super Gaming with a $10 super chat says, I saw someone say they tested Redfall and looked over the bugs and glitches because you know the game is still being worked on, so you just assume they'll be fixed. But it's it's not just that, Super Gaming. I do think people go to capture events and they're not going to make bugs and glitches the focal point of their preview because that is the assumption is I'm playing a slice, I'm playing an older build, okay? But it's more than that with Redfall. I believe they played a slice of the game that was of a higher creative caliber than what we received. It was closer to the prod product they were, they were promoting. Yeah, why is the question? What in the world happened? You know, that, that lends credence to the idea of this was sabotage. They intentionally did this. They're like, look, if we give a vertical slice to the press and to these people that looks good, the circuits will run, and then this thing will fail to deliver, then that'll be great. That'll be our way of getting back at Microsoft for hurting our project. Uh, My my most anticipated game this year was Jedi Survivor, um, and the other one is Spider-Man 2, but the thing about Spider-Man 2 is I don't have a PlayStation 5, but I'm really looking forward to Spider-Man 2, so when it does come out, and when I do get my hands on PlayStation 5, that is my most anticipated game. Yeah, yeah, and and Survivor is excellent if you can eat around the performance issues. Um, I I have no performance issues on my end on, on, on Xbox Series X. I mean, the tech I, reviews I are known. out there. They're, it's happening. Maybe you're just not seeing it. I mean, I've watched the videos. No, I've, I've had I've had a couple. I had two crashes to the dashboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actual like stuttering, I, a couple blips here and there, but nothing like major where it's like taking me completely out of the. Uh, nothing like what they're doing on on PC or what I've seen on PlayStation. Well, sure, yeah. the, the the PC port and the console problems are worlds apart. But I mean, I, I'm playing on PlayStation Five. I get stutters. I get frame. I get frame tearing and that's it but that's enough to be irritating it's like come on man like you know especially on you know a nice big yeah, TV yeah. it's like I what's never going I never on? got the, the the missing shadow uh I did get a glitch with um with um a BD where he's like his ability that you you have where he can shoot the purple stuff uh and then the I don't. I don't have that ability yet. I mean, I know what you're talking about. I've I've seen the doors. Yeah, he has these. He has this ability, and sometimes you can't activate. It happened like twice to me, so I had to like back out and come back in. But the game itself, as far as the uh, the the dialogue, the story, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. The story's fantastic. I really early when you first get to one of these sections and you, no spoilers, you go down into this place that led i was excited i was like oh my gosh they're really tethering this to a lot and it it sort of registered with me it's like oh maddie plays said they took a lot of liberties in star wars canon and i'm like you yeah they did so star wars fans i think are going to be very pleased from everything we've seen um i did think it was funny though during this interview with phil spencer that the one host got that little jab in he mentioned survivor talked about the pc port and he said you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm aware that the PS5 is having problems as well. And it's like, oh, come the frick on. It's it's having problems everywhere, dude. Like, <laughs> it's not just a PS5. These Xbox podcasts. It's like, admit, it's fine. It's third-party game. You can admit it has problems on the Series X. I mean, Series X doesn't look good right now anyway. Every digital foundry thing that comes out, Series X almost never walks away as the better platform. I think, what, one or two games this gen have you know oh it's better to play on series x ps5 is just crushing it right now 
yeah, I'm playing on performance. I'm playing on the, because uh, you guys on the first day, everyone, because it was hard to read the, you didn't know what was on or off in the menu system. That's my, one of my big things. In yeah, the, in, the UI in is weird Viber. sometimes. It's a weird, so I was like, the very, before we start, I go, I think I'm on a, a performance or a quality. I'm, I'm not sure. And they go, oh no, you're on quality. I was like, okay. And I switched it to performance. And they're like, I was like, is that performance? And I, I started playing. We had no, no issues. Yeah, I would uh, say that my main problems were when the HDR wasn't working right. So maybe you didn't have HDR turned on either. Because when I had that turned on, it was I'll check. Or maybe I had it off. Everything was washed out, no shadows. They fixed HDR in the patch earlier this week. Somebody in chat said there's been another patch that has helped as well. So I'm excited to try it out because it's really frustrating. But we I, we, we can't glide over this. We, 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 we've, got to, we've got to talk about this. As the end of the interview... Okay, there's a quote from Phil Spencer that is getting absolutely ripped out of context. These PlayStation fanboys, I hate using the word fanboy. I don't know what else to call you when you when you intentionally rip things out of context to make Phil Spencer look like a liar or to make Phil Spencer look like he said something he didn't. Like, just have some integrity. Be better than the people on the green side that do the same dadgum thing, okay? You're, you're, you're stooping to that low-level, low-brow, like, dishonest reporting. Just knock it off, all right? I'm tired of it because people think I'm like you and I'm not. It's annoying. So he, he talks about, this will be disruptive, he says. Yeah. We have a vision, we're not in the business of out consoling Sony, not out consoling Nintendo. Basically saying what I said a couple weeks ago. Like they're not fighting the console war anymore. They're not. They're fighting a different they're fighting on a different battlefront. I said it five years ago. Five well, years ago. If Phil said it in an interview a while ago, remember when he said we're not competing with Sony? We're competing with Amazon yep. and Google. Yep. Now he said, it's not a great solution for us to win, and this will upset people. He said, but the truth of the matter is, when you're in third place in the console marketplace and the top two players are as strong as they are, you know, they've got these discrete focuses, they've got deals that make it hard to be Xbox. He said, our vision is everyone on the console is going to have a great experience. But this is when he goes in a direction that everybody's ripping this out of context. He says, there's this thought out there that if you just build great games, everyone would turn around. Everything would turn around. Sorry. It's just not true that if we go off and build great games, all of a sudden you're going to have a console share shift in some dramatic way. We lost the worst generation to lose in the Xbox One generation. He said that was when everybody was building their digital libraries. I thought that was so transparent. Like, we lost that gen and it hurt. And you got to remember, he inherited that. Like, he inherited that fire. And... And he's just being honest. He says the idea that if we focus on more great games on our console, that we're going to win the console race. He said it doesn't land on the reality. 90% of the people who go into a retailer to buy a console, they're already a member of an ecosystem. Digital continuity is a huge factor. He says there's no world where a Starfield's an 11 out of 10 people are going to start selling their PS5s. Now, that's a little bit of a reductionistic sort of straw man. Like, it's not necessarily about getting people to sell their PS5s. Like, motivate them to buy a Series X, right? Right. What did you make of his comments? Well, he also said on on that he said that he wants them to play anywhere and everywhere, right? So they're they're going for that PC market, they're going for that mobile market, they're going for the cloud market, they're going for the console market. So when when he says that, it's not just about you know you you have a sunk cost fallacy in your video game system. So what he's saying is that if you own a PlayStation, you bought a hundred games for it, you're just not going to trade in your PlayStation to get an Xbox, right? But yeah, you're absolutely correct. Like people would go out and buy 
an Xbox. But at the same time, he's like, you don't have to go buy an Xbox. They're literally running a program right now. Uh, if you have Ultimate Game Pass, five friends can get Game Pass on PC for 14 days. Right? Mm-hmm. That, that's what they're pushing. And we, we know that PC has more Game Pass members than the actual console members. Right. So his plan, he says, we're not deviating. We're not changing. We're, we're, we're doing Game Pass. Get as many people's hands as possible across the thing, whatever you like. If you like first person shooters or RTSs or horror games, you can play them where you want, how you want, anywhere you want. That's the focus that they're, they're on. And they're not playing the same console game. And I, I, like I said, I've said this years, five years before. I don't know if you guys are making fun of me or not, but I have a podcast and I have video evidence of this. So I've said it. I think it was episode 170 and I'm on episode 350. Okay, it was back in like 2018, 19, mm-hmm. uh, that they're not playing the same game anymore. They're not playing the same game as PlayStation. PlayStation is the leader. They, they've won. And I, I find it funny that PlayStation, you guys need Xbox to, sh- pardon my French, shit on. Because if it wasn't for them, who would you who would you compare yourselves to? You would have nobody to compare to, and it would be bad for the industry. Okay? So you need microsoft to be third place you need microsoft to make so-called crappy games so you feel better about your own purchases right it's not about playstation and like you said it's not about the green box being like the blue box okay he's about being as many games as many possible across as many platforms and screens as possible that's what they're going for xbox is going for first party titles VR, great experience, high-end gaming for you. So if you're a high-end gamer, there's something there for you. You have the PlayStation 5. If you are a person that wants kid games and like fun party games, Nintendo is there for you, true and true, okay? And then there's Xbox. Anywhere you are, if you want to play on PC, if you want to play on your mobile device, if you want to play in the doctor's office, in your car, on the train station, uh, in your house, in the basement, in the shower, wherever you want to play, you got Xbox. And that's what he's trying to do. And I do think that's why everybody's misquoting him, you know, and I know I've been on podcasts and I interact with people on Twitter and a lot of people are like associating me with like the hardcore Sony fans. I can be friends with people. I can be associated with people like be on their podcast. That doesn't mean I agree with everything that they say. I've seen I've seen a lot of these guys on Twitter ripping this out of context. And it's like you're not winning any points. You're that's it's just you're just being dishonest. Like you never win points with me if you're being dishonest. I don't care to see him misrepresented. Like what's that accomplished? Some figment, some false narrative. Like I am I, I find false narratives reprehensible. I don't care who they're about, okay? Be bigger than that. And he was arguing that they're going to have to go off on their own, do their own thing with Game Pass, with xCloud. He, it's not about, oh, we just have to deliver a bunch of great games. Now, I am going to push back a little bit on what Phil said because I think the market he's forgetting is all of the people who own PlayStation 5s. That's a huge market, and if you started delivering top-shelf, amazing next-gen games on your Series X, if you wouldn't have done this Series S crap, and you could deliver really high-end next-gen games, like if there was no doubt about Starfield, if there was no doubt, like like when Doc Dark was on his podcast, he was like, there's no doubt in people's minds that Spider-Man 2 is going to blow your mind graphically. He's like, but we're all in doubt about Starfield, okay? That's Uh not good. 
But if if you if you're trying to convince me, imagine I'm not a content creator. If if I own a PS5 and I'm seeing all these amazing first party next gen games dropping on the Series X, well, I suddenly would like to buy one. I don't need to get rid of my PS5. I don't need to shuffle over in my sure. loyalty. I would add it to my to my home. I, I think that's what he's missing. And I don't know and I don't, I'm not acting like I know more than him. But it's like, brother, the market is so big. People spend so much money. I got in debates about people with this with the PS5 Pro. Like, oh the PS5 Pro won't be in high demand. Do you know what you're talking about? People spend top shelf for the best. Look at TV sales. Look at Blu-ray. Look at all the adoption rates every time tech upgrades. He could tap into that market and they're not. Now they might not be interested in tapping into that market. Because cloud and mobile and PC is just such a giant ecosystem there is no more this need of like oh we need PS5 owners to buy our console but I think personally they missed the mark this generation by not saying we're not competing with PS5 we're going to have our own games that motivate people to buy our system and a lot of people who bought PS5s would have bought a Series X if they saw amazing first party titles over there I I would like to see the the, uh, we don't know the stat right I mean I have a PC I have a PlayStation. I have an Xbox. I don't have a PlayStation 5, but I will I will have one, right? So how many people that own a PlayStation own an Xbox? How many people own a PlayStation that also own a PC? And he looks at that percentage and goes, well, let's just say there's, uh, what, 100 and 122 million, I think, PlayStation 4 owners out there, okay? How many of those people own both consoles? And out of those people, how many people also own a PC? It's probably a very small percentage, right? You either own a PlayStation, a Xbox, a Nintendo Switch, right? Or bounce out between. And he said this, he says, if you're a console person, you already have your, who you're dedicated to. You have that system. Well, the in-between is this, the the PC that's sitting in front of you, right? And he doesn't need to sell. And I know it sounds bad. This is why he said he's going to get crap for it, right? Or get pushback on it. He's like, you don't need to buy an Xbox, right? You could play Xbox games on your PC. You can play it on the cloud. You can do all this stuff. So if you're a PlayStation person, you probably won't go out and buy an Xbox to go play that, uh, that you know, that, that game, you could just download Game Pass. That's where they want you. They want you on Game Pass. They don't care if you go out and buy a, a console, right? Because it's a smaller market. They're looking for the 3 billion devices and screens. They're not looking at the, what, 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 what do they have? 88 million, I think it was, for Xbox One uh, that they had. And then uh, now they have, what, 20, 22, 21 million, whatever. whatever. I don't even think it's that high yet for, for the new generation. Like, there's more people playing on PC Game Pass than the actual console sales, right? So the incentives, a lot of you guys are like, oh, they're making trash games. You guys are probably PlayStation fans, and I'm not making fun of you in any way, shape, or form. You probably aren't going to buy an Xbox regardless if they have good games on the platform because you have a PC that you could play on, right? There's people right now that are that don't own a PlayStation, but they want to play the PlayStation games, and they're getting the ports on PlayStation, right? Sony knows that there's other people that are never going to buy a PlayStation because they have an Xbox, but now they can play the PlayStation games on the PC. Xbox is doing the exact same thing. They know that you're not going to buy an Xbox because you're a PlayStation fan, but now you can play those games on the PC. And that's the market they're trying to tap into. This this market is like saturated, right? It's not going to go above 200 million people or 400 million people or a billion people playing on consoles. It's just not going to happen, right? Less and less. If you look at every year, console sales have been going down. PC sales have been going up, right? And streaming services are going up on, on certain things. So that's where they're putting their projection and that's where they're going. And we're not there yet. So we can't see that. So we look at the old consoles and this is why he said the statement. This is not old school where you're going out to buy the cartridge and it resets every time you go, you, you buy a system. Yep. Right. 
you have your sunk cost fallacy that you have in your system already, and you're not going to switch, and you're not going to buy because you are a dedicated person to that brand. Yeah, Eugene says the PS3 360 sold a combined 170 million. PS4 and the Xbox One sold a combined 180 million. They're fighting over the same users, and now those users are entrenched in digital libraries, which is what Mike was just talking about. It was very different when you always had to start all the way over. Now I have to get discs for my GameCube, right? Now I have to get all these new games. You bring all your games with you now, and that's huge. That really, really is huge because... The way that most people look at gaming now, it's so different. The, the, the gaming ecosystem, culture, economy, it's gone through a metamorphosis. And everybody, I think, and this is what he was trying to dispel. Just dispel this notion of, look, if and this is why it's getting ripped out of context. He's not saying, well, we're not going to make good games. He's saying the solution in our path forward is not going head-to-head with Sony and just having some amazing, crazy lineup of console games, right? right. That's why the Series S exists, by the way. He, he, Phil Spencer just explained in that interview why the Series S exists because they're not interested in going toe-to-toe with the PS5. They're not. No. Because well, who, who cares if you get low performance on the Series S? Who cares? It's 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 just another yeah. extension of the ecosystem, you know? It's yeah, a, it's a major, majority of people don't care about the quality of, of the games like that. We do because we're we're the we're the tip of the iceberg, not the underneath the water part of the iceberg or the big giant wide part of the iceberg, right? So when the S is out there, yes, it's bringing us down, and we're pissed about it because it, it's being bottlenecked at that point. But it's a low entry point for people to come in. And now they're stuck in the ecosystem of Xbox because there's no disk drive for that. So they have to get Game Pass. That's the best value for it. Get the S, get the Xbox Game Pass, right? And this is why I said I think they're going to come out with another series console. It's going to be that price point that they said they're not going to, they couldn't bring it out, the Keystone. I've said this a couple of shows ago. I think there's going to be another console that comes out that's even at a lower price point to get you on your television set so you don't have to buy the console. And it's part of the Game Pass. I don't know if they call it the Game Pass, whatever. Is, it, you know it's going to be Game Pass. It's going to be a little dongle, a little box, a little something. It's going to be like less than $100, and they're going to put it out there, and that's how they're going to start capitalizing on that market. Guys, the reason that I took over chat, I knew that was going to take a while. I owed you 115 members, so I had to do that. That's why I'm blowing up the chat with Gifteds, because we are coming to the end here, but it's not the end for all of you. If you got a Gifted member today or you are a member, you can go to the members page, hit the join button, or go to your perks, or on mobile, go to your profile and go to purchases and upgrade to VIP. We are going to do an end-of-the-week, unfiltered VIP debrief on the week. Now, all members can tune in tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. My wife will be playing Redfall. It's going to be funny because we're going to see what a normie thinks. She said, like, what's a normal person going to think of Redfall? So I thought, well, we'll let you play it. We have drinks. We have laughs. It's a really good time. Uh, so make sure you're here for that. Also, make sure if you're a member, get into the Discord. We do those streams every Friday night. Now, we're not just going to be playing Redfall. we got other goofy games that we can play together. But... Mike's going to join us for this VIP debrief. So while you guys are considering maybe upgrading to VIP so you can come with us, I'm going to let Mike talk about his content, where you can find him, and how you can support him. Uh, you can find me on 30NSG. I'm here Monday through Thursday from 10 o'clock in the morning to about noon Eastern. Uh, basically, right now, I'm playing Jedi Survivor. And thank you very much. Your chat came over. Sven, and I forget the other person, told me that I had the wrong title on my on my cards because I was playing Jedi's Fallen Order 
two weeks ago, and I forgot to change the template, so I had Fallen Order on there instead of Jedi Survivor, so I appreciate you guys letting me know about that, and I fixed that. Uh, but we're playing Jedi Survivor. Uh, come on by as I'm playing the game. We're just chatting just like this. It, it's, a, it's a different type of format. It's uh, I would talk about gaming topics and stuff, but I'm playing video games as we do it. So come on by in the mornings and in the evenings, uh, 8 o'clock at night to about midnight sometimes. And then we have a podcast on Thursday nights called Generation X Gaming. It's a weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories from the past week, and it's me and my brother Sarge, and we uh, basically uh, rant and have a good time. So come on by. And also, uh, Mike is not the only one who joins me for VIP. You get a little taste of uh, what happens between me and my producer creature and, you know, a little bit of a flavor of how things go down and how things happen. While you guys are kind of ending your day with me, do me a favor and smash that like button. These streams on Friday with Mike, we end up with so many people in the chat, but we're always a little light on the likes, and that's not so hot for the video. It helps it find more people. I don't want to harp on that during the show. So this was an amazing show. I really appreciate everybody who did a super chat, everybody who gifted members today, Banner, record-breaking day for the channel. We've never had that many gifted members ever, even at our height last year uh, with Eknor. Uh, rest in peace, Eknor. We still honor him, and we honor people with the Eknor Award every month, whoever gifts the most. So there are people fighting for that position today, uh, big time. So enjoy those memberships and get into our Discord. When this stream ends, it will redirect to a VIP Uh, only stream. I will also provide a link in the chat, and if you're going to try to get into that stream, you just need to go to that members page. Uh, You just need to go to uh, the way that, like, I think it's like C perks or something or change, and you can also do that on the back end as well. So I am going to put a link in chat. We appreciate you guys so, so much for tuning in. If we don't see you tonight for the members stream, if you're not a VIP, you're not coming to the debrief, I want you to have a great weekend. Have a safe weekend. Watch the Derby on TV. I live in Kentucky, so, you know, sip some bourbon and watch the Derby. Is that yeah. this weekend? That's tomorrow. Oh yeah. my, my my wife didn't know that. She's a she's a big fan, so yeah. apparently she's dropping the ball there. Well, it's gonna be interesting. They're killing horses, so uh, a couple of horses died. They're looking into it. So is it is it the scandal? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get my popcorn. Yeah, yeah. So try to get us to five hundred likes before we end. We only need about thirty more, so smash that on the way out. I'm gonna spam a link in chat. Again, this is for VIP only. Uh, and we will do a redirect. I'm going to get that one started. Everybody that's been watching and supporting the channel all week long, thank you so much for doing that. All right, this is going to be another VIP unfiltered debrief. This is something that we do specifically for VIP members and above. So if you've upgraded to VIP, maybe you've been a member a long time, maybe you just got gifted a member and you decided that you wanted to jump in and be a part of what we do here, we greatly, greatly appreciate that. And we hope that you guys really, really uh, enjoy this. Thank you so much for being a part of what we do here in this community and appreciate Creature and Mike joining me. I'm going to end the previous stream. We did a pretty great show. That's got to be one of our better shows, better turnouts, where Mike and I just broke down Xbox can't seem to win. So I'm going to end that and do a redirect and bring folks over. And really, what an insane...